Hello, everyone. My name is Kanai Kapadia. I'm the president and chief analyst of KGK and Company. KGK is a strategic management consultancy that helps middle market companies align with their best growth opportunities, overcome their more challenging operational frustrations, and ultimately to grow their earnings. If you're intrigued by the idea of a firm that wants to be a profit center rather than a cost center for your business, use the link in the show notes to connect with me. On this episode of Hindsight, I'll be talking with Dave Fuzichin, who is CEO of Analytics 8. Dave, I find the story of how Analytics 8 began a great example of what entrepreneurship really looks like. Could you set the stage by sharing that story with us? Sure. So the Analytics 8 started uh, in, in 2002 in Australia, um, and I didn't come along until 2005. I had uh, I'd quit my job. I worked at Business Objects. I was a, a services uh, manager for, for the Great Lakes region there. And I left, uh, I left Business Objects thinking I could you know, kind of get any, any job that I wanted. End up, uh, end up nobody hired me after that. Um, so I ended up, uh, going in, you know, doing independent consulting work. And, um, for about a year I did that, I put a business plan together and I wish I could find that business plan because nothing in that business plan really came to happen. But, um, it was a good exercise in, in going through that about a year into that, I realized I could only do so much on my own and decided to, to, to create a business and, and start hiring some contractors and, and moving ahead. I didn't, I didn't have any. I didn't have any capital. I didn't have really much other than other than my my own skills and 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 some folks that I had uh, met through my career. Uh, but around that time, a friend of mine in Australia, his name's Alex, gave me a call and he said, and I'd worked with Alex previously, and I thought thought highly of him. And Alex uh, Alex wondered if I wanted to come you know, join his company in Australia. The company was Analytics Eight, um, and 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 I said I didn't I didn't want to go move to Australia. I had a uh, a girlfriend at the time who I married, um, and I had started my started my company here in the United States, but it had just gotten started. Um, and Alex wondered if if uh, I wanted to, um, you know, sell my company that I had just started to to him and his his partners. And I said, "Well, oh, do you want to buy my company? I, I really don't have any customers. I don't have any employees. I, I don't have anything." Right. Um, and he says, "Well, uh, you know, how much would you sell it for?" And I told him, "I'll, I'll sell it to you for a million dollars." You know, and that was before we had any, any customers or anything. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is this is uh you know this is a one of the you know one of the turning points of my career and I guess Alex's career too. And he when he answered, he said, "I don't know about a million dollars, but um, I'll buy you a plane ticket. You come down, uh, spend some time with me and my partners in Australia, and we'll see if we can if we can come up with a deal." So I thought that was a that was a good idea. So I took my business plan that I put together. I got on a plane, went down to Australia, met up with my friend Alex. We uh, we talked. He and and the two other uh, partners, uh, uh, JC and Hedda. We we sat in some bars in Sydney and kind of talked about what we wanted to do and what we were doing. They were pretty small at the time. They were only, I think, they made it had five six employees. You know, okay. counting the three partners, so they were real small. Um, but they they had uh, you know they had they had something going on. They were they were legitimate, even though they were small. Um, we ended up deciding we wanted to go into business together. Um, we had our, you know, we had our lawyers kind of drop some papers as to what that would look like. Um, but at that time, my lawyer was telling me, Hey, this is a bad idea. Why, why would you, why would you, you know, give these guys in Australia, you know, so much, 
equity, you know, in, in something that you're just getting started. And the lawyers in Australia, are like, why, why would you do this? It's a, it's a bad deal. Why, why would you, um, you know, why would you give that guy in America all that money for, for you know, with no guarantees he can, he can run off with the money? You know, you have, you have no guarantees anything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. Got together and said, our lawyers think this is a terrible idea. Let's do it. So we signed the papers, and uh, and that helped kind of get the get the uh, get things jump started. I was able to go to clients and talk to them about we've done this and we've done that. And it, it may have been out of Australia, but it was it was Analytics Eight that had done it. Yeah. So so at that time, you know, we you know that, and they gave us a a, a, a gave me a very small amount of money, which just had to pay for my salary. And in, in hindsight, it was it was. It was a joke in terms of you know, starting a company with that little capital, but I was uh, I was young enough. Uh, I was the right combination of, of of naive and 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 not smart enough to know that you can't start a company with that little money, but just barely capable enough of of making something happen. And it and it just thread the thread the needle just right to, to get it going at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's what's the origin. What what did um, I, I'm curious? What was the vision in the business plan that you wrote? So, so I mean, it was it was similar in terms of what we're what we're doing now. I mean, it's the same thing. It's a you know, data and analytics. It, we, we just called it we called it data warehousing and business intelligence back then. But very very much the same, the same kind of work. Um, you know, I'd worked like I said, I worked at business objects, and I knew that space pretty well. So it was a consulting company to to do that. Um, but my, you know, my business plan had envisioned you know hiring contractors because I couldn't handle you know with, with no capital, I couldn't handle. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and having that difference in, in having to pay someone and then collect money, you know, having to pay them now but collect the money later. Um, mm-hmm. so it was, and I and I had, if I remember, I had three contractors that I was going to work with, uh, who I'd kind of lined up and wanted to wanted to work with me, and none of them ended up working with me. So, um, and the clients that I thought we were going to get, we didn't get those clients. We got different clients, um, but it was, uh, um, yeah. So, so the. I, I, I guess it's uh, Eisenhower said the some, something to the effect of the the um, the act of planning is is valuable, but the plans themselves are, are are not valuable. So I found that to be the case certainly with writing that business plan. Hmm. Now Analytics Eight has has grown, right? So the how many people are in the company today? Well, we're growing pretty fast now. Um, I I think we crossed over eighty um, this month, but we should be. You know, you know, we'll be well over a hundred um, at the end of this year. Hopefully, even you know, a lot over a hundred. But um, that's where we are today. Okay. What are over the years? What have been the key success factors that have allowed you to get to this point? Yeah, I think uh, I think the key thing has been has been hiring and working with the you know the the right people. And I, I always tell people that's what I. That's what I like the most about my job is that I I work with people who I who I enjoy working with, and I've ended up, you know, I've hired you know, great people, and then they've hired great people, and I think I think uh, you know, just having the right the right team around you, and then also having the the humility or the or the um, the ability to let them let them do their job and not try to do their jobs for them, you know, which can be a, a difficult thing as a leader. Um, advances and, and and gets more responsibility because you can't do everything anymore and you got to you've got to watch somebody do it that might not do it the same way you would um and they do it a couple of times and you find that they do it better than you might have and it's really great to see 
it's really great to see your team kind of pass you up in certain in certain areas. So it takes um, you know, it takes uh, I don't know, you've got to you've got to hold yourself back a little bit, and that can be difficult. I'm I'm a guy who just you bring me a problem and I want to solve it. So it's taken a lot of discipline, you know, for me to to hold back sometimes. Uh, but uh, these days, my my team really takes care of quite a lot. There, they're really really fantastic team. Do you find you have to relearn that uh, the the letting go and the trust aspect, or have you have you found yourself uh, a master? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not a master of it by, by any means, but it but it happens as as we've grown. I mean, I'll, I'll use our, our COO Brian as an example. So Brian, we hired him in. He was, I think, our fifth employee, and he was hired. He was the first person I didn't know, mm-hmm. and so we hired him, and he hired him as a consultant. He was a fantastic consultant. Uh, but at one point, you know, we grew big enough, and I, you know, you know, he he became uh, the the manager of the consultants at our Chicago office. So we had to, you know, we had to. The consultants were used to coming to me for everything, so I had to had to back off, you know. And it took a while from saying, "Oh, you got to go to Brian and and have you know and have that that and that that work well." But then again, later, uh, this was the beginning of 2019. I promoted Brian again, you know, from a you know from I think he was a um, he was a director. Mm-hmm. And then he got promoted to our chief operating officer, which meant all of sales, all of consulting, um, uh, and some other functions are under him. So I had to had to kind of learn to to back off again because his scope, you know, as as the company scope grew, his grew, and I had to, you know, kind of back off again. And and I, you know, I've seen that happen, you know, w- with other folks too. But he's a particularly long term example because he's been with with the company for almost fifteen years. And, yeah. How how has your role evolved, and and what exactly is it today, given the team that you've built? Yes, yeah, so I think that's uh, that's something I also like about my job that it's it's changed over time. You know, when I when when we started, I consulted a lot, um, I sold a lot, um, and I don't I don't consult much at all anymore, hardly at all. Um, and I, and I don't sell really directly anymore. I don't have, I don't carry a bag, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I help on sales calls and I, and I work with the team, but, uh, you know, I don't do that. I, I used to do, I used to do our books. I used to do our finance and I don't do that anymore. I have a CFO and a team that does that. So I find as we grow, it's, it's just kind of me shedding responsibilities. And each time we do it, I'm a little bit afraid that there's, you know, now what am I going to do? But there's always, there's always stuff to do. Um, and so today I'm looking after, you know, long-term strategy. I'm working with some of our key, you know, key accounts working on, um, you know, working on, you know, making sure that we are doing the things that we need to do to, to grow at the aggressive pace that, that we're looking at growing. I work on, um, I work on, you know, some financial aspects in terms of where we're going to get the money to fund, you know, some of this growth. Um, mm-hmm. um but it's, uh, it's very much, uh, I look at myself as very much of a, leading in one sense in terms of setting the direction and 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 getting everybody on the same page but then the second part is just being a supporter of everybody what does everybody need to to get their jobs done and to and to you know kind of get them what they need and get you know back off get out of the way and let them do their thing yeah just keep doing that you know you mentioned hiring good people um everyone defines good a little bit differently how do you define it in your mind um that's a good question. Um, we talk about, uh, we, we talk about sometimes when you hire someone, you get, you get the old fashioned feeling. It's a, I don't know, a little bit crude maybe, but, um, you just kind of know, um, mm-hmm. who, who you like. 
um, who, who you want to be around. We try to, you know, we're, we're one of the things you know I'm a little bit sensitive about is not trying to hire only people that look just like me. Um, to you know, be comfortable with with all kind. We're doing we're doing really really well you know, recently in terms of you know hiring a lot more diverse, you know, diverse staff. So that's something that that's uh, that that's important that we are inclusive to you know to all kinds of different backgrounds and and um, you know not just race and gender and all certain things, but in terms of you know technical expertise and and approach to to, to doing your work and um, and so you know, I guess your your question is you know, how do you define good? I think you know we need. And you got to have folks that are intelligent. Uh, we got to have folks that are approachable, uh, folks that are um, that like to be problem solvers. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and it's just you know somebody who, who who you like to work with, who you think you can learn something from. You know, when we hire when we hire people right out of high school, we don't hire everybody at high school, but right out of college, we want to hire people that we can learn something from. You know, even though they're you know they haven't been in their career very long, somebody who has something interesting to bring to the table. We've, We've hired some really interesting folks. We've hired some professional athletes. We've hired some professional musicians. You know, background and, and having these different perspectives, you know, makes it makes it a fun place to work. And 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 uh, um, I think serves our clients really well. And having you know different you know folks with interesting backgrounds. Yeah, you know the the topic of diversity is interesting to me. Um, hiring diversity and hiring. Yeah, and um, you know I. I my my thinking on this topic has evolved as of late because the more I read a, uh, about it, the more I realize I have pretty limited knowledge. What has worked for you in terms of m- making that materialize? Yeah, you know, is it policy or what well, is it? So we talk about all all hiring is diversity hiring. So so we're 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 trying to put ourselves in positions where we can we can hire different different sorts of folks. I'll tell you, uh, there's a story that that just comes to mind when I think about that, and that is you know, we you know. So I had a friend, and he, he's a little bit older than I am, and his son was, uh, you know, he had finished college, he was a bartender. He said, hey, you know, my son would like to get into data and analytics. Would you, you know, would you give some recommendations for him? And I gave him some recommendation, and he asked, well, could he, could he do an internship? Would you interview him for an internship? And I said, sure, we'll put him through the process. We ended up hiring him. Um, he ended up being an awesome consultant, really, really good. Um, and I started thinking about this, you know, especially, you know, this year, you know, George Floyd and, and Black Lives Matter and, and, and a lot of the things that, that a lot of business leaders are thinking about and thinking, you know, he got that opportunity because I knew, I knew his dad, you know, and his dad looks like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, you know, kids that maybe don't look like me might not get that chance. So trying to put, put ourselves and put myself in situations where you might, you might meet people that, that don't look like you. Um, because we're not compromising on our um, values of anybody that we want to hire or 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 lowering the bar. We we are always raising the bar. Um, but um, you know, it's it's putting yourself in situations where you're likely to meet and likely to come into folks that are that are a little bit different than you. Um, um, and it's 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 worked pretty well. Um, we still have a ways to go, um, and I, it's something that's always going to be in our industry. You know, in 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 tech, it's pretty much dominated by by. Uh, Asian and 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 white guys like you and me exactly yeah people that look like <laughs> hey, that's that's who that's who does that does the the kind of work that we do uh you know, for the most part uh but that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of great folks out there that are that look look different that are that are um that are that are great at it you just gotta you just gotta find find ways to uh, to meet them 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a very practical approach. I, I had this philosophical debate with someone around, you know, fundamentally, you have to have an environment where you, you respect people for their merits. Yeah. And that's how you are able to take people of any background and elevate them based on whether they're good, right? Yeah. For, for the business and, and for their peers and all this sort of thing. But I, I, as I hear you talk about really basic stuff, like I don't meet these people on a day-to-day basis necessarily. So I have to go out of my way to find them. That is in, in some ways, it's kind of eye-opening. So as when you, you know, when you joined, it was five or six people and really just yourself in the U.S., right? The rest of the books were in, in Australia and Sydney and, um, and so growing to an organization of 80 plus people today, um, what is, you know, I, I always wonder with analytics companies, you know, how much of it, how much of it, this business is what I'll call business consulting versus technology implementation and related consulting. What it, for analytics eight, you know, what does that mix look like? Yeah, so, so people always ask us, what does the eight stand for? So, so one of the original, the original uh, founders who actually wasn't even with the company by the time I had that meeting in Sydney, even they were, there were five folks, but he's the one that came up with the name and, uh, and he always liked, you know, it was an eight and there's uh, you know, two sides. So there's a balance to it. Um, and also mm-hmm. he was into, into Chinese culture and the symbol for an eight in the, um, and, and, and I guess the Mandarin alphabet is, it looks like an A. So our original logo had that, but. He always talked about balance, and we talked about the balance. We balance between technical and the business. So we strive for a 50-50 uh, mix between the two. So a lot of times, you know, companies will come to us for some very specific technical stuff. We need to move to the cloud. Um, you know, we need we need to upgrade our we need to upgrade our our system, or we've we've got this software. We need to help implement it. So we, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. We do we do a ton of um, we call it data strategy work, which is which is kind of right in the middle there where. We'll talk to companies about, um, you know, what what they would like to do in the future, kind of from a business perspective. What where do you where do you see your business going, and then how how you know how will data and analytics help you, you know, get there? You know what 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 do you need to know? You know whether it's financial, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whether it's you know whether it's distributional logistics. What what data you, you underlies that, and how do you how do you do you know, how do you how do you analyze it? Um, you know, where are you today and how do you how do you get there so we do a lot of work like that which is which is kind of right in the middle because you've got to you've got to understand the technical um, situation that they're in and understand the business the business uh, objective that they have and how data analytics have anything to do with that now, sometimes we also get brought in to, to handle very very specific you know business issues you know things like um, you know we want to we want to understand why we're having so many late shipments you know something like that we'll get in to look at the data and help them understand you know solve that problem or, or help them help them understand that problem or or you know how do I set up my sales territories or um, you know which which of my marketing um, campaigns is most effective you know we'll get into those kinds of things but we typically you know it's not really a lot of one-off kind of things it's a lot of related kind of questions that will help help companies with kind of at the same time so we sometimes describe those one-offs as science projects. So you can do a science project. That's not a terribly difficult thing to do. But how do you how do you have a culture within your company to 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 be solving these kinds of problems all the time? 
you got to have the culture, you've got to have the, you've got to have the infrastructure for it as well. So that's what we really specialize in helping companies do that. Um, so that, so that they're, so they're not just, you know, you know, just like you, you might do a spreadsheet once, right. And you get your answer three months from now, you come back to that spreadsheet and you try to remember what did you do? And it's not relevant anymore. You know, you, you did a yeah. one, you did a one-off science project and that's fine if that's all you need to do. But you know, big companies, you know, they can't, they can't run businesses like that. Uh, you better, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be left behind if you try to, if, if that's the only, if that's the only tool that you've got is, you know, pulling some data out of a database and, you know, doing some spreadsheets on it. Yeah. What, one is sort of getting to the answer, right? Just give me the answer. How do I save money or yeah, something better, uh, have fewer, fewer delayed shipments. The other is making it more sustainable. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's always a conflict, right? Because a business want the answer right now, right? And the fastest way to do it is usually quick and dirty, right? But then you can't do it again, you know, without more more effort. So then we, we try to help companies get balance. You need the answer right, right now. We'll give you the answer right now, but you're going to want to build a system so that you can answer these kinds of questions, you know, in the future. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So the the analytics world has changed a tremendous amount since 2005, right? Uh, yeah. Probably the word analytics wasn't really even, it wasn't as buzzwordy as it is today. Yeah, we, we uh, picked a good name back then. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. I didn't even think of that. It's a good point. So yeah, you know, lots of new companies, both product companies and um, and services companies for for Analytics 8 to contend with. What What is, what has changed over the past, 15 years stands out to you as like a big market change that required some response, whether it's thinking about it and doing nothing or, uh, you know, changing the business entirely. Yeah. There's, um, there's been a ton of change. There's been a lot of stuff that, that stayed the same. A lot of the fundamentals are the same. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, from our perspective, one of the, one of the big differences is we don't have to educate the market anymore about the need for for data and analytics, companies know already that that they need to, um, and the types of problems that they're trying to solve are are much more interesting now. Um, you know, we still have customers that that struggle with what were my sales last month kind of questions. Uh, but for the most part, those kinds of problems are solved, um, and so companies are looking at building, you know, doing much more interesting, building a uh, you know building you know, cloud-enabled data-centric applications that they can then monetize, you know, for, for their clients, things like that. They're trying to, you're trying to do more, more advanced use cases, you know, that are, you know, not just what were my sales, you know, last month, but which products into the future are more likely to sell and, you know, what, what might my competition be doing? What are my customers saying about me? Um, so it's, you know, the, the, the fundamental underpinnings are, are the same, but the, the types of things that we're doing are, are a lot more, a lot more interesting. And yeah, I guess you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't need to say so, but the amount and the types of data that the companies are working with is, is a, it was on a scale that, that there, there just wasn't, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago now. Yeah. And so that the techniques to, to work with them have, have changed, but it's really amazing that a lot of the, the fundamentals are the same. You've still got a, you know, you, you can't get a machine that's going to tell you what does this piece of data mean, you know, and how does it relate to this other piece of data, you know, especially in different systems, you got different companies coming together. So that hard work that we, that we did back even in the nineties, you're still doing that today. Um, but then once you do that, you know, once you've got your, 
you know, you understand how that data relates to your business, you can start doing some really amazing things. So is, is, you know, what, what drives success in, I guess more particularly sales for the business, is it the vendors like click and, you know, these guys, the, the software vendors that, that companies are adopting and, and looking for service providers to help, help them leverage or is it the business problems out there or is it sales? You know, the sales reps, if you will. Yeah. So, so, um, this is something I've done a lot of thinking about. I've, I've, I've talked to colleagues, you know, that, that run other data analytics companies and, mm-hmm. and, you know, industry folks, obviously we talked to the vendors a lot. Um, we looked at this year, you know, how, how, you know, our objective is to double our sales this year. So we're, we're, we're going really hard. I was, how are we going to do that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the obvious answer was to double our sales force, but we decided not to do that. Um, you know, our sales team has, you know, we, we did increase it. We did increase and we will be increasing further, but we looked at kind of three areas. So, so one is we've got a pretty good, you know, marketing engine. So we're doing a lot of, uh, a lot of social media activity. Um, we've got a newsletter, um, and we've got, you know, our website. And so we're, we're doing a lot of things to, to bring, to bring companies to us. Um, and I think that's a little bit unusual for companies you know, our size. Typically, a company our size will will do kind of the the second thing, which is uh, working really closely with the vendors. So working with uh, you, know, you mentioned Click, but we're working with we're working with Google, we're working with uh, with Microsoft, Amazon, Snowflake. Um, you know, we're working with 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 several different companies, and that that channel is is typically where we're obviously smaller, you know, medium size, you know, analytics you know, companies typically will get a lot of their, a lot of their leads. Um, historically, you know, at times we've gotten a lot of leads that way. Uh, recently, you know, we mostly, we mostly don't, we get, we get some. Um, and then of course the, the third one is, is, is your existing clients. So keep doing more for the clients that you've got and, and get referrals, you know, from them to, to their colleagues who may be at other companies or, or, um, or subsidiaries or, or, or whatever, or even other departments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I think we do a pretty good job of getting, you know, getting new leads in, but then we've got, you know, we've got a sales team that, that follows up on those leads and then, and then works with, you know, works with, you know, works as an account manager with, with their, you know, with their clients to, to do more and more. And then of course you've got the, the consultants who are there on a day-to-day basis doing a great job and, and, uh, you know, looking out for what else, you know, what else do they need and, and reporting back to the, reporting back to the sales team and being, you know, you know, we tell everybody that they're in sales. We tell everybody that they're in consulting. And you know, when out when a consultant is is working on a project, you know, we, we don't like them to have blinders on. We want them to be talking to folks and understand, you know, what's going on. He talked about we talked about some of the business um, aspects, and we always want our our, our consultants, you, even the most doing the most technical work, to understand what the business purpose behind it is. You know, why why do they care about this? Um, to, so that they can understand and, and look for look for maybe a different way to do it or a different angle or or you know, something that, that that we could do a little bit more. So it's really you know, those those three areas where 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 our clients come from. So it's incoming, you know, through through some of our marketing efforts, it's existing clients, and that's through the through the channels through through our through our vendor partners. You know, every company needs to determine who it is and what it is and what it isn't. When you think about the company's strategy. Are there customers or services that you've determined are not for Analytics 8? Certainly from a geographic perspective, that's one thing. 
uh, one thing that's been a change in in strategies uh, a long time ago. But at one point, you know, we had aspirations, and we still have aspirations to kind of be a national, you know, to you know cover the entire United States. But I think we went after it a little bit too too soon. Uh, we started opening offices. We had an office in San Francisco. We had an office in New York, and and those offices turned out. You know, we were we were getting some customers, and it was it was going okay. But it was it was too difficult to support you know all of these offices when there's plenty of business just here in Chicago. You know, we've got we've got offices in Chicago. We've got Dallas. We've got Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, um, and and um, and just trying to be spread too far was just it just wasn't worth it. So we we kind of. We, we shut the offices you know, on the coast and then a focused, uh, not, you know, North Carolina's aside, but um, we don't need to be spread as geographically thin as we were. Um, that that may come at some point, but, you know, we could be double, triple, you know, maybe even 10 times the size of the company that we are and only service clients in Chicago. Yeah. What, was it that it wasn't working commercially and you weren't able to generate the customer volume to support it was it too hard to support them was it more expensive than it was worth well it, it was a it was a little bit of a little bit of all of the above um you know salaries on in new york and salaries and in, and in, in in san francisco are pretty high yeah over pretty quick that was probably the least of it i think if we would have if we would have had a real focus and said look we're going to go hard in san francisco and put a lot of resources into it we would have we would have done great uh, but we were trying to kind of divide up, you know, our marketing focus, our sales focus, you know, between too many cities for the size of companies, of company that we were. So, yeah, and certainly in the West Coast, I think, you know, you've got to be, you've got to have, you've got to have, you've got to be in the West Coast. You've got to have somebody who has connections and knows going on. Uh, you know, we were, we were probably a little, a little thin, especially in the West, you know, in, in, in the West, but and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Midwestern, you know, Midwestern guy. But I'm also pretty comfortable, you know, in the East Coast. I've done a lot of business in in New York and in Boston and other places. Mm-hmm. So this this is interesting because a lot of businesses face this challenge too, right? They they do well in the market they're in, and they they have aspirations of of uh, of growing and, and opening other offices. What was what was the thought process behind opening the office to begin with? You know, did was was there a math problem there that was uh as, as an analytics guy you know what were the analytics behind yeah. the decision well i don't know there were too many analytics uh behind it which might have, might have been part of our problem but uh yeah you know we uh we saw an, an opportunity you know, with with a couple of our, our vendor partners and, and this is this is now five six seven years ago where that where, where this was this was going on so this is not this is not recent history but you know, where, where, you know, we've got our vendor partners, we're very successful elsewhere going, Hey, we need, we need some coverage from one of our partners, you know, out in the West coast, you guys should do it. And you've got a couple, you know, a couple of our partners saying that and go, ah, well, let's, let's try it. Let's do that. Um, but I think that's a, you know, it was a little bit more aspirational. You know, they were, you know, they had an agenda. They wanted, you know, they wanted our help out there to help sell their stuff. And it could have, it could have gone great. And like I said, if we would have put a humongous amount of focus on it, if we would have had the resources to go, hard let's just go hire 20 people in san francisco and make it a you know make it a real office um you know, we were hiring you know twosie threesies and you know we have uh you know five folks or something out there you know we don't we quite have that that um um you know center of gravity you know to to make a lot happen um so i think we were you know we were a little bit greedy a little bit uh a little bit naive that hey you know 
our, our, our vendor partners say there's a lot of business. Let's, let's try it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think we were, we were, you know, we, we were trying to do too much for, 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 um, for too many different, you know, different, um, um, markets and two different yeah, interested parties. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's well, something that's come with, you know, come over time is, you know, a, a lot more focus on, on what we're really good at and where we're good at it. And, um, and doubling down where we're good and letting some of the stuff where we're, we're doing okay, but we don't need to be putting resources behind stuff if we're just okay at it. Yeah. I, the analogy I give people is, you know, if you're making margaritas and, and you're squeezing your own limes, you really want to squeeze all the juice out of the lime before you move on to the next one. Cause that's, that's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, analogy. Um, so what, what drove you to the decision to say this isn't working? Let's let's take a step back and refocus. Uh, in terms of the, the the geographic spread that we had, yeah, yeah, in that 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 venture, yeah, I think uh, you know it has to do with with sales. I mean, we we were not having a whole lot of sales uh, in, in those areas, despite having okay. having kind of a focus on it, and and. Uh, you know, and we're looking at, you know, the leads that we're getting and the companies that we are doing business with are mostly based in, you know, the, the cities where we were already pretty strong, which are the cities that are still strong for us, which is Chicago and Dallas yeah. and Raleigh, North Carolina, and a couple of others. But but we had a lot of opportunity in those cities. And what we ended up doing was hiring folks in San Francisco and having them do a project that was in Dallas, Texas. You know, why, why, why are we paying San Francisco salaries for someone to do work and, you know, and, and fly even? Back then we were flying. Right. So, uh, Dallas, uh, and, and just taking up, you know, taking up time and taking up energy when we had the business in this example in Dallas already. So why don't we just hire more, more folks there instead of, you know, trying to build something where it's just not, not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. I, I think this is a question a lot of CEOs face and, and have to make some, some, um, some some decisions around that are tough. Geography is an, an, an interesting one, especially now, you know, that it, you know, it doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so for the time being, yeah, well, I think, I think that's going to continue, uh, for a while. I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think we're going to be going back to four days, four days a week on site, you know, for months on end with, with our clients, which, which used to be the case. Um, yeah. Clients don't want to do it. Our clients don't want to do it. So what, nobody's going to be doing it. Um, uh, there's still benefits certainly being face to face, but um, that is definitely something that uh, that keeps me up at night a little bit, knowing that the competition, both for talent and for our clients, you know, can be global even more than it was before. So, um, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, really, the only you know the only uh, only protection that we have is our skills. Our borders don't protect us, or laws don't protect us. You know, we just have to be really good at what we do. That's 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 how we're going to compete. How do you do that as the organization scales? be good at what you do um for us mentorship is a big thing so Mm -hmm. so we have we have folks you know and and look we're not we're not big enough to have a humongous you know nobody can get lost in our company you know if if you have a problem you you gotta know right i think i'm not sure when that kicks in um i don't think it's going to kick in until you have you know a couple hundred folks probably um but uh, mentorship is a big deal for us so so we have so we have folks have their have their you know direct reports right they're on a team a consulting team but then they uh you know we have uh 
we have this concept uh, when, especially when new consultants come in, uh, where they have a, we have them declare a major and a minor. It's just this this concept, especially it works well. You know, it's really relevant for folks coming out of college, where you know, pick one technology is kind of be kind of your main thing, and then uh, and a secondary one that that's kind of on the back burner, one that's a little bit more um, aspirational. And then there are groups that kind of form around that. There's leaders around each of those 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 technologies end up being our practices. Uh, so we've got practice leads uh, that are that are working with them. And then we've got you know we've got uh, we, we pair all of our our new folks up with with more se- more senior folks and 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 it's really important, especially that we've we've all been you know we haven't even been we haven't been in the office we haven't had any anybody in our office for a year uh, and we've hired you know, 25, 30 folks uh, you know, since the pandemic started um, and trying to keep them really connected and so uh, having you know letting, having them having each of our new employees have several folks that they can go to and, and feel like they're part of the team. Um, and have somebody looking out for them. Um, another thing we've, we've done, so we've got, we, we, we promoted a couple of folks to run our, we call them service line. So it's the highest level of what we do. So we have, we have a data strategy service line. We have a uh, data management service line. We have an analytics service line. So we promoted a few folks to, to run those areas. Um, and they are, it's been a really good move. I think this is, this is something that's helped us quite a lot because they don't have quotas. They don't have to sell. They don't have to bill either. They can do either if they want to, but these these are folks that are very senior, been around. They know they know what to do. They know how to. You know, they help with sales. They 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 um, and and they kind of help set the direction in terms of what we're doing with with those particular areas. So we have you know, data strategy meetups on on Mondays over lunch. You know anybody can join if they want to. You know we've got uh, we've got our 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 VP of uh, of. Um, Data management, um, doing some some courses that that we're sending, that we're having our new 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 employees work on, but we're also having some of our, our employees we've had for a long time kind of go through go through some of those things, and that's really some of it's really basic stuff. So we don't want to have any gaps. It's basic stuff like you know data modeling, like SQL. Um, uh, you know how do you how do you move data around? What if you have what if you have a uh, you know fifty terabytes of data and you've got to move it from one place to another securely. How do you, how do you even think about that problem? Some real, real, you know, basic stuff, you know, like that we're working and, and, and some basic, you know, basic programming concepts too, which we're seeing a lot more need for, not just, you know, not just, you know, writing SQL, but writing, you know, Python code and things like that. So having these three folks have a, have an external look and always looking at that, they're kind of a product managers really, um, you know, looking at, you know, what it is that we do and making sure that, that, um, um, you know, our team has the right skills and that we're, and that we don't have gaps. And that's, that's something we just put in place, um, you know, like four months ago at the beginning of this year, and it's working out really well. So the heads of service lines don't have a sales target or available target. How do right. you measure success? Well, so, so with uh with all of our executives they're they are measured by the success of the company so 100 percent of their bonus 100 percent. you know now they've got they've got internal objectives as to what they're trying to do um but in terms of their their bonus and and in terms of you know how they're compensated it's we have them tied in with the with the with the success of the company what and, and we have different targets whether that's revenue or whether it's profitability or, or whatever but they're they're tied in it, so they're paid. That you know, that's the same way. You know, I'm compensated as the success of the company, um, and so that's kind of that's been a really um, 
we've had that in place for our top executives for, for quite a long time, but that's been a really, you know, it wasn't popular at first because folks, you know, want to, I did a great job, you know, somebody over there didn't do a great job, you know, why do I get the same bonus as them? But over time, th- those those complaints have kind of fallen away and folks, you know, they, they're really working together as, as you know, as a team helping each other out and that, that's been really helpful. Um, but I think it's important to get the right folks in, in those jobs because it's, you know, it is very, you know, they can kind of choose a little bit about, you know, quite a bit about what what do they do from a day-to-day perspective. So, you know, they're, they're you know, they we are looking at revenues coming from those service lines, right? So those are things we're measuring and looking at. Um, but it's not competitive. It's not like, oh, you know, we even had these issues like, that's not a data science or that's not, that's not a, that's not a, a data strategy project. That's a data management project because it's, <laughs> the edges are, 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 are not totally clear. They, they kind of, you know, you start, yeah. you start doing data strategy work and pretty quickly you're starting to you know, set up systems and make recommendations on technology. And it's, it's not, it's not a, you don't want to get through one without doing the other. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there, there's a, there's, there's a huge overlap uh, among all of them. And so we don't want anybody wasting time and, and energy fighting over, you know, this is my turf and that's your turf. You know, it's all, all the same. So, but we, we do measure it. Um, and we do, we do make determinations as well, but it's not high stakes. You know, so nobody, nobody's getting a bonus based on, based on, you know, Hey, we did, we did more data science work than we did, you know, snowflake work or something like that. What have been, yeah, I mean, you've talked about geographical expansion. What have been some of the other, um, you know, really tough business situations, whether it's external circumstances or you know, problems that have emerged internally that, um, that you guys have worked through over the years. Yeah, um, actually, so personally, there's been a, a couple of, a couple of situations that have been that have been pretty challenging. Um, you know, we uh, I've, I've had to let go a couple of you know really really senior folks uh, over time, um, and those have been challenging situations and and ones that that have, have have ended up being good good decisions. But you know, you're you question yourself. You know, am I making the right move here? Um, you know. I, I let go. Uh, you know, I had a sales who had been who had been really instrumental in the in the early days uh, of Analytics Eight, and uh, um, you know, I wasn't you know, to be honest, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure that was the right move, um, mm. but but it was the right move. Um, and things, you know, you know, it was kind of a shock to to the system, but we've grown you know immensely since then, and and uh, and it's grown kind of in the direction that 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 we wanted to grow. Um, so. Uh, we had a, you know, we had, had to let go a CFO as well. That was maybe an easier, you know, decision, um, because he was, uh, you know, he was really not up to, up to, you know, kind of the task of, of, um, of supporting the, the, the growth of the business and, and, you know, taking care of some of the basic operational things, but it was still, still a tough decision and obviously and, and switching out a CFO, uh, you know, when, when, when they're the ones that know how everybody is paid, know where all the money is, um, have, you know, they have their fingers at everything, you know, have somebody else come in and, uh, and, and, and pick, pick that up, uh, was a, was a real operational challenge, but, you know, we hired the right person for that. We hired our, our current CFO, you know, Tracy, who she, she's amazing. And that was kind of her trial by fire. You know, she came in one day said, all right, here's all the passwords. Uh, here's access to the system. You know, here's our accountants. You know, here's uh, here's our banker. Uh, let's 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 get to work and figure out you know what's what's going on here because it's a mess. Um, right. That, 
payroll is supposed to be on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got payroll. I think we got money in the bank for it. Uh, right. uh, I, I'm not sure we're getting all the invoices out. Um, so we we had to get this up, and she she came in very methodically. You know, we replaced uh, you know the whole accounting team uh, through that, um, and and it, it didn't miss a beat. You know, of course, we never missed missed a payroll. We didn't miss paying anybody, and we you know collected everything that we were supposed to collect them. Uh, I'm, I'm really thankful that 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 worked out really well. But that was, uh, you know, those kinds of those kinds of changes, especially when you're a, you know, you know, a certain size company, I think, is a little bit fragile because you don't have the redundancies. You know, you don't have. We had a CFO, and and I think we had I think we had two accountants at that time, but really the C our CFO was the only one that knew where where everything was. Uh, so that one person, um, you know. Is really important. You know, same thing with the head of sales. Same thing with even some of your key consultants. Um, you know, one consultant, you know, makes a mistake and you might lose an account, or or they leave and the client doesn't want to continue because they like that one consultant. Um, but that as as you grow, I think that's one of the things uh, you want to do is is make sure you've got some redundancy so that so that um, you don't have that one key person that that uh, you know. I guess proverbially, you know, say get, they get hit by a bus and we're screwed, right? You don't, you don't want, you don't want anybody like that, you know, even me or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was the compelling reason for separating with these folks? I mean, the CFO you've got into a bit, but with the head of sales, was it was it fit, or I guess how did you come to that difficult decision of the best path for both parties is to part ways? Yeah. Yeah, so um, there was a lot of conflict uh, with 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 him, um, um, and he, what he wanted to do in, in terms of how we were going to grow was not not what I wanted to do. And I was I was pretty young at the time. I think I was still in my twenties, maybe maybe twenty eight or twenty nine, uh, something like that. Um, you know, and this guy's in his fifties. Uh, you know, been around for quite a lot. You know, quite even longer than I have, longer than I have been, uh, but. Um, you know, and, and he, he did some good things for us, but as we grew, you know, he was probably, he was not the right guy to kind of get us to that next level. Um, and he was also probably not the right guy to, to accept having somebody else, you know, be above him. Um, it just, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, 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 he wasn't a good fit for us moving forward. You know, he was quite a, uh, you know, quite a strong personality, quite a, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, aggressive and 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 a lot of conflict kind of surrounded him. Right, he was pretty effective at, at sales, which is what we hired him for. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of business and succeeding at business is is trial and error, but um, and and learning from what works and what doesn't. But as you think back on um, the evolution of the business. Are there things that stand out to you as, you know, you, you wish you wish you would have done them a little differently or would have known what you know today, um, you know, when you were your, in your 20s, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think we've touched on some of them. Uh, yeah. some, I think um, certainly, you know, trying to, try to expand geographically was probably a mistake we made. Um, um We've certainly learned a whole lot about about marketing, and about you know not just marketing, but you know how do we how do we reach how do we connect with customers and potential customers better? Uh, if we would have known what we know 
now, you know, you know, uh, 15 years ago or whatever, you know, we would, we would, we would be well, well ahead of where we are now. Um, what, what could you have learned? What, what could you have learned 15 years ago or, or who could you have hired or that sort of thing that would have just really accelerated this, the learning curve? Um, I, I think, um, I think it has to do with, with focus, um, and on, you know, I, I think it's kind of a similar symptom we had, had in terms of geographic expansion, but trying to be everything to everybody. Um, when you're everything to everybody, you know, you, you're not differentiated from anybody, you know? Yeah, I do that. Yeah. Yeah. We do everything, you know, so you do, you do nothing. So, uh, really getting a, a messaging, you know, a much tighter messaging about what we do. And, and now we're, we're, we're big enough where we, can handle, you know, different technologies and different business cases. But when you're, when you're five, six people, you know, you know, back then it, to focus a little bit more, um, in terms of, um, finding something that works, whatever it was that worked and just doing that over and over again, as, as opposed to kind of hopping around, you know, so throw, throwing, uh, you know, throwing the mud or whatever against the wall and see what sticks. Right. It's, that's, that's not, that's, that's probably the approach we took before. But it's it's a lot more you know a lot more um, methodical. I mean, we we do analytics on ourselves now. We didn't do that, and we we've only had a really good system, you know, for for doing analytics on our sales, on our marketing, on our finance, uh, probably for like two years now. Before that, we were we were the the proverbial you know cobbler's son who doesn't have any shoes. Uh, we go yeah. for everybody else, but we didn't make it for ourselves. So. Um, you know, we're, where I, mean, I can go tell you where, you know, what kind of projects are, what kind of projects lead to more projects. I can tell you that, uh, when I couldn't tell you that, you know, 15 years ago. Um, I guess the other thing, um, is I think it probably would have been a little bit more bold in some areas, um, and, and more confident and, and going for you know, bigger projects and, 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 uh, um, and focusing, you know, on, on, companies and organizations that that have the capacity to do to do um you know, a lot of you know a lot of project work for us or a lot of you know they have a lot of needs so uh, go off market so to speak yeah. yeah so so one of the things that happened when we're when we're smaller is we we um we 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 did a lot of work with click and they're still a great partner it's great great technology great partner of ours they kind of had a plan where you know where they want they want their partners, which we were one of them. We were, we were and still are one of their one of their top partners. But you know, want us to work with with smaller companies. They want their internal team to work on the big companies. We work on the small companies. Well, when I look at when I look at our our customers over time, you know, we spend just as much time on these little teeny customers as spend a couple thousand bucks. You know, you know, a couple tens of thousands of dollars as we do on the ones that spend a million dollars. So so. Um, it doesn't necessarily necessarily have to be larger companies. There is a correlation there, of course, but um, you know the companies that, that have a lot of needs are the ones that we ought to be that we should have been focused on. Those are the ones we're focused on now, and we're not going to turn anybody down that, that has needs that that that's uh, that comes to us. But in terms of our effort in in trying to get new clients, you know, we're we're only we're we're only trying to get clients that have a lot of needs now. Um, so we were, you know. We were going for every single thing we possibly could uh, when we were when we were smaller. I think, you know. Do you think that was necessary for the time, or I don't think so. 
No, I think I, I think uh, I think a little bit of that is certainly necessary. But for us, I think uh, you know I think it was it was another one of those examples of trying to uh, you know try to do too much too soon. You know, like trying to open new offices is like we we're trying we're trying to do everything for every single um, you know company that comes our way, um, and and spending you know, a lot of time trying to sell a deal that's going to get us you know a profit of you know could be even hundreds of dollars. Um, where we could have been spending that effort, you know, taking care of one of our, our bigger clients, you know, and, and getting, you know, another hundred thousand or another million dollar deal. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we wouldn't turn, you know, somebody comes to us and Hey, you know, we need you to do something real, you know, for us. And it's, you know, $10,000. If it's just right there, we can help them real quick. Of course, we're going to do that, but we're not going to try to go find customers like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, there's one last thing I'd like to ask you about, um, and it has to do with building the business off of your own capabilities versus the capabilities of your vendors. It's a it's a pretty common occurrence, and it, it's a successful model, uh, which is probably why it happens so much to sort of attach yourself to a vendor like Click or you know cho choose the vendor Tableau. Whatever, whatever, um, whatever your competency is in, and to sort of build your company around that, um, and it's easy, relatively speaking, because you don't have to figure out your messaging or what you do versus not do. Yeah. Um, so, as you stray from that well-trodden model of of uh, you know attaching yourself to the vendor. Um, is that, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, does that work better or, or not? Uh, or are you, you essentially, you know, are you, are you taking advantage of both essentially at the same time, you know, you're building your own competency value prop beyond the product and implementing it, um, while also implementing, or are you really trying to chart your, uh, an independent path from these tool sets? Um, yeah, so we're, we're in an interesting position now where, where we are right now is we are, we are charting an independent path. Um, and that's, you know, it's working well for us. Like I said, we're, we're able to, to bring in customers kind of on our own without, without relying on vendors, which gives us, uh, which gives us, uh, a lot of, um, you know, uh, freedom, um, but things move very, very quickly in, in our industry. So the vendors that you might have wanted to attach to five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years, you know, once 15 years ago, they don't even exist anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, we had, you know, do you want to try to pick a winner? Um, and and if you pick a winner, then it then it becomes, you know, or if you pick something that's popular, then then and it, you risk becoming commoditized. Um so that's happening with with you know with technology has been around for a while. It's, it's some of some of it becomes commoditized, but what we're seeing now um, is kind of an alignment um, in, I would say, probably three or maybe four different kind of technology stacks, um, and we haven't picked one or the other. We're we're working with all of them, and we're working really well with all of them. But I can see in the future where. You know the strategy of kind of going where we're where we're being successful is where we're going to go. I think I think we're we're at a size where we can, we can do that. But you know, you've got Microsoft, you know Azure, and and everything that kind of goes with that. You've got AWS, Amazon, everything that goes with that. 
uh, and you got Google Cloud Platform and everything that goes with that. They're you know working real well with with all three of them. Um, and then you've got then you've got some kind of companies that are a little bit outside that, like Snowflake, um, which kind of plays with all of them. But that's a you know Snowflake is a fantastic partner of ours now, and we're getting a lot of uh, you know uh, working with them together on a lot of clients. Um, so you know, do I want to shut one off and and focus on the other? Not now. But I can see, you know, I can see a position, you know, I can see something happening in the future potentially where, look, you know, this, this one, you know, technology area is taken off and let's just focus on that. But that's only one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is what are the business problems that we're trying to solve? Um, you know, somebody may come, come to a company like Analytics and say, hey, we want you because we heard you guys are great, you know, on the, the Amazon stack and great with Microsoft or great with, with Luger Cloud or whatever. So we do, you know, we do get, we do get a lot of, uh, of interest because of those technology expertise, but, but on the other side, it's, it's business problems that companies are trying to solve. You know, we've got, we have a lot of clients and that, that come to us because we have this, this data strategy offering, I'm sorry, uh, a, a data assessment offering rather. It's got a really boring name, but it's, uh, you know, it's where we kind of come in at a high level. And I, I kind of described it at a really, you know, really, um, really high level before where it's. You know, where, is you, where do you want to take your business? You know, how do data analytics um, apply to that? Where are you today? And let's chart the path between. It's a simple concept, but it's a, it's a very rigorous, uh, real offering. It's not just, you know, something we made up, we talk about. We're just, yeah. and there's, you know, interview questions and, and, and you know, all kinds of things that we do to, to, to do that. And we get a lot of customers that come to us for that. And they come to us, a lot of cases, we, we, we don't have an agenda in terms of what technology to go with. If you've got AWS, that's great. If you've got, you know, you're, you're on premise, you've got that, we'll help you. We get a lot of, a lot of customers coming to us because we do have that, that uh, agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've read some of your case studies. I, I find them very interesting. I also find your data assessment very interesting. Um, if listeners are interested, they can find you at analytics8.com uh, or reach out through to you through the the links in the podcast here. David, thank you very much for joining me today and and uh, sharing some insights from, from Analytics 8. Thank you. It's been, been my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Hindsight. If you lead a business or are a student of business, this show is for you. Please subscribe and tune in for a new episode each week. My name is Kanai Kapadia, and this show is produced by KGK and Company, the fast emerging strategic consultancy to middle market businesses. You can find us online at www.kgkcompany.com. That's kgkcompany.com. Have a good one, folks, and I'll talk to you next week.